Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Esther, owner of Sereth Design. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. So excited to hang out with you guys on this fine Tuesday. And before we dive in, just a little a bit of a bummer. Esther is not feeling well, um, so she is taking a nap right now. And that's okay because we have three incredible guests with us today. We have Kenzie Green, Marissa Burgett, and Sammy Reese, all from The Brief Collective. So welcome, ladies. Hi, we're so excited to be here. It's like on my bucket list to be on a podcast. So I'm pumped. Oh, so fun. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Of course. So just to get started really quick, do you guys want to kind of go down the line? Say your name and your business name and then a fun fact about yourself. Sure. Um, Hi, I am Marissa Burgett and I OMB Creative Agency. And I'm a co-founder of The Brief Collective. And fun fact about me, I just had twins two months ago, a little boy and girl. So they're really cute little coworkers and they help out a lot with The Brief Collective. (laughs) I'm sure they do. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm Sammy Reese. I am the founder and designer of SRH Design Co. And a fun fact about me is that I speak English, Spanish, and American Sign Language. That is so cool. That's I wish I could learn how to do sign language. It just looks really, really cool when they're doing it for like the for concerts and stuff and speeches. Like, yes. like graceful almost. Yeah. It's a really, really cool language. And I think I would say then it was much easier than learning Spanish just because like it's English just with motions and there's no like crazy conjugations and tenses and everything. So I found it really, really fun to learn. And it's also just like a good accessible language to have. So awesome. The real question is why have you not made a video yet using sign language? Oh, no, I like that's actually such a good point. I should sign in a video. That'd be so cool. Hi, my name is Kinsey. I am the brand and web designer behind Kinsey Green Design. And fun fact about me, I live in the country and have 14 pet chickens. That is so cool. I'm actually about to start a home build on some property that my husband and I bought in Georgia. And we would love to have a chicken coop. We want goats. I want to have a really big garden. I think that'd be so fun. It is. It's a different type of lifestyle. Okay. So what I want to know about you guys is how you met and then how the Brief Collective came to be. You can make it, for lack of a better word, brief. <laughs> um, but I just want to know the meet cute story behind behind the, the these three three power ladies um, creating this, this new brand uh, or business. Yeah, let me set the scene. So good old Clubhouse days. You remember that amazing app. We all met on there and um, we kind of just became obsessed with each other. And we would host these um, like, what are they called? Uh, Logo critique rooms. Logo critique room. Thank you, Kinsey. And we would always be on those. And then we started like working together, like on clubhouse rooms. And we would just like really connect and lean on each other for support because we all work from home. So we were all kind of like lonely, you know? Um, So we would like DM each other and be like, what would you do for this or that? So it was, it was really special getting to meet like my virtual best friends on the internet. It was awesome. Yeah. So I'll take it kind of from there. Speaking of DMing and talking and everything like that, we had a room for our logo critiques. So it was like, I think it was an Instagram DM group chat. And one day I had a mutual friend who I was kind of mentoring as a brand designer. And I knew that there were a couple places where you could find briefs, but nothing that was really a design community and nothing that was just completely 100% welcoming and inclusive, which I think Kenzie will also can kind of touch on because we have had a lot of conversations about that. But so I asked in the chat, I said, is there anyone who knows another community that isn't X, Y, or Z 
where we can find this. And I think Marissa was like, no, but we could totally make it. And the idea kind of took off from there. The three of us branched out. Obviously, a new group chat was created. Uh, We didn't pick the name until a little bit later on, but I think it was probably June that we thought of the idea. And then the course officially launched October 6th. So pretty quick turnaround. You had a vision and you made it happen. I love it. Yes. And then Kinsey broke down how it could actually work because she always puts everything like into steps and thinks about like how to do it. So Kenzie's the analyst and you guys are the visionaries. <laughs> yeah. Kenzie's the person who's realistic. A lot of the times I'll have some crazy idea and Kenzie will say, I love it, but it's not going to work because this. And then I realize, oh, you're right. And Usually Marissa is kind of the middle person where she helps us compromise to make it work. So I have crazy ideas that are often unrealistic. Kenzie like keeps us grounded and then Marissa helps us find the solution. It sounds like a dream team. So I'm going to go ahead and read you guys' bio just to like tell our listeners kind of like what exactly we are talking about. And then we'll get into a conversation about the design briefs that you guys put out, but also how conceptual projects can be extremely helpful in establishing a niche, positioning your business, attracting ideal clients, all of the things for designers who are brand new and seasoned designers as well. So the Brief Collective is a fun, supportive designer community created to help you step up your branding game, find support as a freelancer, get feedback, and become the best designer that you can be. So very similar to our mission. Um, The only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. So I knew that as soon as I saw that launch that I definitely wanted to have you guys on as guests. And I'm just so grateful for for y'all to be here today. We're grateful to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So the Brief Collective, I know that kind of in the name, it has the word brief in it. So, and from what I understand about the brand, I guess I would say, I guess, I mean, it is a business, but it's kind of like an overarching brand that will probably have multiple types of digital products, courses, community, mentorship, coaching, et cetera. Why did you feel like you wanted to name it the Brief Collective? And why was putting out briefs that designers could use as kind of the jumpstart for conceptual projects? Like, why was that important to you guys? Like, important enough to put it in the name? So, in general, you know, I think one of the first questions a new designer has is, well, how do I fill my portfolio if I haven't worked with any clients? And, you know, the answer is concept projects, briefs. So, essentially, you know, we thought that was a great way to bring something to the industry that a lot of designers needed. And it's also just a fun creative outlet for some of us as well. I mean, sometimes we'll participate in the briefs too and work up a new concept project or just do something out of the norm because it's always nice to do that once you really get deep into client work. Yeah, I miss designing for myself. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, client work, client work, client work. And then it's like, you kind of need to flex your creative muscles a little bit sometimes, which is why I think it's so applicable to so many different types of designers. That's so relatable. Yeah. And I think for me, I found that a lot of the times I'll be in a creative rut and we'll have a brief that I kind of relate to and feel like it could be fun. And I get a vision in my head. And so I sit down and I say, oh, maybe I'll create something and I go nuts. I create it. And then I want to make collateral and social media designs and a website for this concept project. And I realize that I come out of it completely out of the creative block. So I think that the coolest thing for me is that complete beginner designers, like Kenzie said, can use these to show what they can do and learn and improve and find clients through them. But also the most seasoned and experienced designer can also use briefs and concept projects to improve their business. I mean, I know I certainly do. Yeah, you never stop improving. And then one, we take it a step further. Um, like every Monday, they go into our Facebook group and they put this concept that they've been working hard on. And then same thing, kind of ringing true from our good old clubhouse days is we do a critique and we let them know how they can improve, how they can do better things that we really liked. Um, so I love that we take it a step further and help them like polish their skills. Yes. There's something that's so valuable as 
when someone is a younger designer or a newer designer, not necessarily younger, but new to especially boutique brand identity studios like we have, it can feel really confusing about like, okay, I mean, what are the rules? Like a lot of the time people are concerned about like, oh, am I allowed to like put this in my portfolio? Like will potential clients care that it was a conceptual project? And like, I've always been of the opinion that as long as you're transparent with them on your portfolio saying, hey, this is a conceptual project, most people like do not care at all. <laughs> and I think that it's a very valid thing. It's like, especially when you're starting out to put those projects in your portfolio. And I know many seasoned designers as well who still have conceptual projects in their portfolios because they're just really high converting for them. So I, I love this. And it, it's making me want to like go and do a brief, you know, with all of my extra time that I have, of course, but like, I just, I think it's a really, really cool, cool thing that you guys started. Yeah. Maybe we could even feature you and you guys could help us come with, up with a brief and we can yes. like, do something collaborative together. I love that idea, Marissa. That's so good. I didn't talk to you guys about it before. It's just rolling off, you know? <laughs> oh, that'd be so fun. So brief collective times better the brand designer podcast. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it connections and deals being made. <laughs> there we go. Yes. I mean, we could even do like a video podcast, which I guess is not really a podcast, but critique of them. That'd be cool. Yeah. That could be really, really fun. Um, we could get our audiences together. So I would love to kind of zoom out for a second and maybe one of you guys can answer this question. What are conceptual projects in case anyone out there is like, okay, what are you guys talking about? Like, what is a conceptual project? How should you get started on one? And like, why are they important and valuable for somebody's portfolio? Like how like I'm talking about converting, like, Oh, these projects are like high converting. What does that mean? How can that benefit someone in terms of like, of time, time ROI? I think a lot of newer designers end up working with like all sorts of different people. Cause you know, when you're first starting, you're just like, I want to get experience. So I'm just going to take on every project. And then, you know, with this portfolio, that's kind of all over the place and you get to a point where you're like, well, this isn't really attracting my dream clients and I need more projects that are going to resonate with my dream clients or resonate with people that I do want to be working with. So that's really where concept projects comes in essentially creating projects that are designed to attract your idle target audience that you know you have the full creative ability and control of and i think even for experienced designers like it's a great thing to have in your portfolio i know that my portfolio is filled with quite a few concept projects because those are in my opinion my best projects because i'm not having to change things based on client feedback and whatnot amen <laughs> yes Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when clients are involved, you're like, oh, but it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my portfolio is probably like four real projects, four concept projects. Yeah. And I'm sure that that is like a really great way for you to position yourself within a specific industry or niche, you know, if you guys want to call it that. So I would love to hear you guys speak a little bit more to kind of this positioning element, this niching element. How should someone approach a conceptual project if they're also still kind of figuring out what niche they want to be in, how they want to position themselves and who they want to serve? I think like plain and simple, you just don't know till you try. You have to try out a few different like looks and feels to see what fits with you. And the more you dive deeper into that, the more you're going to discover. Preach. Yes. So it's just all about what feels exciting for you. That is a question that I ask my one-to-one mentorship students is, you know, they'll come to me with something and say, well, I'm not exactly sure. Like what, like, what should I do? Like, should I say this or should I do this? Or should I take this project on? It's always like, okay, well, what feels exciting? Like what lights you up? Like what is something that like perks your ears up? Like, and so you could think about that in terms of trying out different industries, thinking about like, do I want to brand a a vegan, like cruelty-free, like bath and body products company? Like, uh, if that sounds so exciting, then, then do it, you know, either make up your own brief, get something from the brief collective. There's, you know, a lot of sources out there or get inspired by a stock photo or a typeface or something like that. There's a lot of different places to start. So there's, you know, it can feel like, uh, I don't really know what to do, but there's really no wrong or right way to go about it, as I'm sure you guys understand. <laughs> yeah, you just have to look inward. Yes. 
exactly. So I would love to hear more about how you guys feel completing these briefs have grown you as designers as far as technical skills, but also speed and like detail orientedness. Because I feel like as a designer who's been designing for a couple years, I'm able to design rather quickly because I have a lot of projects under my belt. But if someone is really looking to improve their speed and their skills and everything, would love to hear you know how you guys feel like that's impacted your business doing these briefs. For me, um, completing briefs, I mean, throughout my entire design career has not only allowed me to f- explore other styles, but attract clients in certain niches that I wouldn't have normally attracted had I not done those briefs. And also, I think that it helps you, you know, explore the different tools in Illustrator and learn how to do different abilities and effects, maybe that you wouldn't necessarily have the time to try if you're working on a client project. Yes. And for me, I think that actually my VIP day offering was born out of doing a brief because I think it might have been one of our earlier briefs. It might have been brief one, which was Whitewater Coworking. I started on it probably like mid to late morning and I was up late, but I finished it around like 10 o'clock at night. And what I realized is when I sit down and focus on it, I can create a very, very well thought out brand in a day. And I think that branding can be almost stereotyped as a process that takes a really, really long time, which isn't necessarily true. It can be a very short process. It can be a very long process. And a lot of factors play into that. So just knowing that I have the ability to do it at that speed because of the concept projects and the practice I got from them is something really invaluable to me and my business. I feel the same way about my VIP offers. I I currently do a two-week brand intensive where week one, we do strategy. Week two, we do the design. But most of week two is for feedback. And so I am left designing the brand actually very quickly in a Monday or Tuesday or both. And so I think working on those skills through a brief is a fantastic way to surprise yourself about how quickly you actually can get something done when you have full focus and full concentration on things. So I think these intensives that we're starting to see a little bit more in our industry, accelerated offers, paired back offers, or downsells, whatever you guys want to call them, to get to work on those skills. I feel like doing briefs and doing conceptual projects is a really, really great place to start to just learn more about your own capabilities. I think they're also good too, because it kind of makes the client do a lot of their homework beforehand, which I think is some of the things that make it take so long um, sometimes. So when they come to the table with their homework done, that also helps get everything done a lot quicker. Oh yeah. And then, you know, putting feedback, feedback due dates are really, really quick for intensives too. And of course, feedback is an element of a a conceptual brand that you don't need to deal with. But um, being able to just work really quickly in Illustrator, like, like Kenzie said, discovering new tools, feeling more confident and using like different effects, exploring different design styles. Um, I, I think it's really important for designers to continue designing for themselves and, you know, kind of outside of a client relationship. Um, because I feel like it can be really easy to get bogged down in, okay, well, the client wants this. So I have to make this kind of like getting into kind of a pixel pusher type of situation. Whereas like with a brief, you really have full creative control. Um, to go wild and to like try things and like make mistakes. Like, have you guys ever designed something for a brief where you're like, mm, that didn't work out, but at least I like tried that and it was cool. Does that happen to you guys? Oh yeah, all the time. Yes, absolutely. I have so many briefs that I took part of that are hidden in my um in my in my drive, like on a hard drive somewhere, just because they weren't good enough to see the light of day, but. I can name like specifically a project I worked on. I think it was brief 13. I hated my work on it. It is like hidden in probably my trash, but I learned a shortcut. I think it was with the Pathfinder that saves me so much time on client projects now that it was like a hundred times worth it. The most random things like that, I could give so many examples like that specifically that I know a brief did that for me. Something else I wanted to add that I think people maybe don't necessarily think of when it 
comes to talking about why briefs are beneficial. And for me, one of the biggest things about them is the fact that it helps me create content for my social media. So like, I was just going to bring that up. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like creating a video of me designing it or just like showcasing it in general. Um, you know, it can be a great way to attract clients and a much faster way to attract clients than just having to rely on your client projects going on. Because, you know, I'm working on great projects right now, but I'm probably not going to show a lot of them for like a month. So in the meantime, I need something to show on my social media and get out there in terms of content to attract more clients for the future. And that's really where briefs come in. Yeah. And you can take them along with you in your process and like show the fun behind it because a lot of clients don't want you to do that because they want a big grand reveal. So um, sometimes that's also a really good reason to come up with those conceptual projects as well. I was going to say the same thing. I feel hesitant around sharing the behind the scenes of ongoing client projects for that exact reason, Marissa, is that like a lot of clients want to have a grand reveal the client wants to be the first one putting it out into the world. I do have like a close friends list on Instagram where I show like more behind the scenes, but um, I really feel like it's a lost content opportunity because I'm like, wow, look at all these cool iterations that I'm exploring that aren't necessarily working out, but it just shows like the depth of our processes. Even if you do the one concept method, you guys are still probably exploring like tens, if not hundreds of directions that, you know, may not see the light of day, but I feel like that is such a like a high value type of service where, you know, the client doesn't have to go and fail a hundred times, then find the right design solution. So, you know, this is like really making me excited to screen record and like make a reel or something of kind of a process of creating a logo in a couple hours or something like that. Side note, do you guys, when you record for like creating content, do you like set up a camera like behind your computer and like literally film your computer from your phone? Or do you do like a screen recording? Cause I'm, I'm having a hard time like doing a vertical like screen recording on my artboards. Cause I like, obviously our desktops are, are horizontal. It's a weird like problem. <laughs> I do it all on my phone just for yeah. like ease. That's me though. I use a little teeny tripod. It's like made for your phone. Oh my gosh. And it is like the best thing ever. Like everybody needs one, especially if you do YouTube or have an actual camera because I can hook it up to my phone, but I can also hook up my big camera. So when I'm recording YouTube videos, I can use that as well. And it works perfectly just like you can bend the legs so it can sit right beside oh. my screen and easily record my computer without getting in the way. Love. Nice. I actually don't have a good way to set my stuff up. So I typically screen record crop a good area, find the right area. It's a little bit annoying, but I'm glad to hear you guys do that because now I'm probably going to go try it out. Yeah, I just feel like limited to screen recording because I'm like, oh, I can only design in this like small vertical area. You know what I mean? Because like reels and TikToks are like all vertical. So just like a random like gen issue. I'm glad I'm not the only one that has that. Okay. Speaking of the one concept method, I don't know if I'm allowed to go this far off, but I do want to ask this since I feel like designer chat, I've been wanting to ask this and I keep forgetting. When you guys are doing the one concept method, do you ever land on the concept like in one of your very early on versions? And then obviously like I always keep experimenting just to make sure there's nothing else, but I end up realizing like the second one I came up with was the one or the first one. Does that ever happen? Yeah. And then I like pat myself on the back and I'm like, wow, I'm an amazing designer. (laughs) I mean, like you guys are used to designing things really quickly. And I feel like decision-making and just even the mental, like, do you guys like see the design like mentally before you kind of put it on the artboard? Like I I do that. Like I'll be out walking or like taking a shower or doing something unrelated. My brain will just be like churning Mm -hmm. and like designing and I'm like, wait, like visualizing fonts and stuff like that. And so by the time it like actually comes out on the artboard, it's like, yep, this is it, you know? And I used to feel really self-conscious about that actually. Cause I was like, oh man, like, especially, you know, our services tend to be high ticket because they're one-to-one and like, it's like, Ooh, I really, <laughs> I feel like it's like a superpower. No, it is. I mean, I feel like super confident yeah. about it now, but I used to think like, wow, like this client is paying this much for this. Like, I feel like it should be taking me longer. That was before I became a mom though. Yeah. So <laughs> now I'm like, heck yeah, I designed that <laughs> one day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was thinking that, and I don't know if you're going to want to keep this in because I know that was so off topic, but 
I just, you mentioned that and I was wondering, cause I know that when I was a little baby designer, I would always feel like the quicker I did it, maybe I had less value. And I think that just something that I think we've talked about before in the collective is knowing that time does not necessarily equal value. And I mean, like we could do a whole podcast episode on this, but I just like to talk about that because hearing different people's perspectives is always so interesting. And also like for me, the other day, I just presented a concept to a client that I probably got on the second try and I ended up playing with for a while longer, but I realized that the second one was the one I presented it. They loved it. And in my head, I just kind of reminded myself because, you know, no matter how long you've been doing it, you still get those imposter syndrome moments. And I just reminded myself that just because it didn't take me a crazy amount of time, A, doesn't mean I didn't actually spend a lot of time on it because I realized that my walks and my shower and the time I was going to bed, I was just designing it in my head on my little artboard inside my brain. So I think that realizing that has just been really helpful and a huge thing that we like to talk about inside of the collective. Amen to everything. Time does not equal value. And in fact, value is influenced by so many other factors other than the time that it's spent. I mean, it's more valuable to clients for them to get their assets more quickly, you know? So there's an even opposite type of value there. So if anyone out there is feeling like, man, I am working too quickly, that is like Marissa said, a superpower. And you should craft an offer around that. Craft a brand in two days or a brand in two weeks or a brand in a day. I know a lot of designers are doing that now. And use briefs to help you like do those skills. Yeah. The client is coming to you because they can't do it themselves. So don't feel like it's just a mindset shift that you have to make within yourself and see that it is a true superpower that you possess. Not everybody can visualize something out of their brain and create it. Like not everybody can do that. And that's a huge thing. Sammy, I love how you said uh, that you have a little artboard inside your brain. <laughs> I like never <laughs> thought about that before, but I definitely have a brain artboard. <laughs> it's like a real thing. I like call it my artboard number two. Like I'm not joking. It's labeled in my brain. It exists. It's a hundred percent there. And anyone who says otherwise is just simply incorrect. <laughs> It's funny how like d- different people's processes are. Like I was even just sharing on close friends on Instagram like yesterday. I was kind of sketching out an illustration for a brand identity and I was like I sketched this like stupid looking sketch with like a ballpoint pen on like some lined paper. Like it wasn't some like fancy sketchbook or anything. And I was like mm, we're taking this digital. Like I don't know. I've seen designers like spend hours like sketching out. I'm just not one of those people. I just jump into Illustrator really really quickly because I feel like I have more control. And I'll have to share with you guys this like dinky little like ballpoint pen drawing because I didn't even have an art pen nearby. (laughs) It's like, I mean, I want to think to myself like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But like, if the process works for you, and by the way, the brand just got approved with with no changes. So like, you know, you need to go back to myself and be like, Jen, you're okay. You can go jump in your art boards without sketching out a million things for hours and just trust yourself. I feel like it, it does come down to trust in yourself that you are a creative director, that you are a designer that is able to come to conclusions, make decisions, and find design solutions really, really quickly, which is everything that you guys are kind of like encouraging your community members to do when you are providing briefs. It's like kind of a confidence exercise as well. So I'd love to hear you guys speak to that a little bit. So obviously, the more you design, the more confident you get. But I think one of the biggest things that really helps increase a designer's confidence in terms of completing briefs is receiving feedback, which is one of the reasons we offer the option to get feedback from us because then you can see, okay, hey, I could have done this a little bit better and I could have done this a little bit better. And you can reflect on that for the next time you go and design a brief or the next time you go and work on a project. And you can really learn from that experience. And I feel like that's where a lot of growth happens. And within that growth, you know, the confidence flourishes. Yeah. And you don't have clients like saying, make it pop or, um, <laughs> you know, like the, the stereotypical things. You actually have like a team that's going to say things in a way that makes it more polished and clean it up. Yeah. Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> makes sense. I feel like there's a great way to 
like encourage your clients to learn, like to educate your clients even on how to give like helpful feedback. Like I didn't realize that was even something that I ever needed to teach to my clients. But I mean, after having, you know, the experience that I have and going through so many different projects where the clients say things like make it pop or make the logo bigger or stuff like that. Oh my God. Being able to get feedback from other designers and see like, okay, wow, I wasn't taking a look at the kerning or like I need to look at the spacing between the words or the illustration, like the icon, like stroke widths are not even like there's little things like that, that you just see when you have a little bit more experience. And you'll be able to give your client examples of helpful feedback that will save your butt because they're trying to like use language they don't know what to say. And also like, just, I don't know, help clarify the whole communication. A hundred percent. And I actually have a little thing. I'm trying to pull it up here of how I ask my clients to give feedback. So it might help you guys. Yeah, sure. I was just going to say that I have also something that I feel like is another huge conversation that there's a specific way to ask for feedback. And that's even something we talk about in the academy is how to ask for feedback, how to implement it. And I feel like that's such a under taught skill for designers. I don't know if that's a word under taught, but it's definitely something that is important. And I think Marissa, if you have it up, they would love to hear that. Yes, I do. Um, so I always put in here, I'm sa- it says, make sure your feedback is smart, specific, measurable, achievable, actionable, obtainable, reasonable, and timely. So I like teach them basically what smart feedback is. And I like give them an example and I put um, make it pop is not acceptable feedback. And then I put like <laughs> what is acceptable. <laughs> I love that. I like that acronym. I've actually never heard that before. SMART. And we're going to have to remember that. We'll put that in the show notes or something. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. I love that. So my question for you guys is like, how long do the briefs take and how much time do you dedicate? Do you like set a timer? Is there like a time limit? Like I know they're weekly, but you know, what's your ideal situation and how much time should someone really expect to spend on a brief? So I think this can obviously vary depending on, you know, the person's situation, um, how much time they have on their hands. I mean, for us, experienced designers working with a lot of clients, I think if we participate in a brief, we're spending maybe a few hours on it, no more than that. But our brief challenges that we host on Instagram and in our Facebook group, we announce a new one every two weeks. So essentially, we give you know whoever is participating two weeks. And we even have a little schedule that we outline about how to set up the mood board, how to start prepping for it and go through the process of creating the brief. Because we know that some people are still working nine to five. Some people have kids. Some people have a lot of commitments and they're trying to turn, you know, design side hustle into their full thing. So we try to give, you know, a good amount of time for them to work on that brief, turn it in and then get feedback. I like how it's flexible that you can spend as much or as little time on it as you'd like, you know? It kind of gives me an idea that we should do like a timed one eventually and make people do it within a timer. Ooh. Let's save that for the notes. You should do it like a co-working thing, like I a co-working that. like thing where you guys are all on. Maybe you have yes! your screens shared live where people can watch you. <laughs> Maybe That's you feel cool. comfortable with that. That could be so I cool. That. I mean, I would be so interested in that because I know I love watching kind of like the process behind design. I know that Brie from Rowan Made, she has a series called Watch Brie Work where you can, I think it's like a super low fee, but she's like a collection of videos of like literally watching her iterate and design and conceptualize a brand for a client. Um, so it could be something similar to that. So ideas. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I know. And I was thinking like the one thing to me that's really important, and we talked about this when we started our briefs, is making it flexible. So we talked about making it one a week. And what we realized is We wanted to make it so anyone from someone who has unlimited time on their hands and just is dedicating all their time to design to someone who is has kids and has a nine to five and has a dog that needs a lot of walks can also participate. And so I think that for us, an important thing was 
If you want to spend the full two weeks on it, here's an outline on how to do that and how to spread it out and how to make it work. And if you don't have time for that and you're going to do it in two hours, that also works. Like just, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be if you don't have time for that. I want to amend that. But if you, if you have a lot of time to just sit down and do it, you can also do that. And I think that for us, just like we said in the beginning, having a community that is truly inclusive to anyone and everyone and their needs was so important to us. I would love to hear more about that community because I know that's something you guys highlight is something that is like kind of like a founding value of yours is inclusivity, openness, welcoming community. Like everyone has a seat at the table vibes. So yeah, would love to hear more about that. So our community is obviously building throughout social media, but especially in our Facebook group. And that's where we host our critiques on these challenges. And just to kind of circle around these two topics, although we do you know, host a new brief challenge every two weeks, we do uphold the people participating to that two-week timeline. Like on the day it's due, we have a Facebook thread, you turn it in, you get critiqued. If you don't turn it in on that day, you probably aren't going to get critiqued. And Obviously, we want to be very flexible, but we also want to push people to make sure that they are designing and hitting deadlines because that will you know, become a very real problem and an issue if you can't hit deadlines during a client project. So we still have that aspect of accountability in there. And we also you know, give out advice and people ask questions all the time. And some people will just do a project and post it out of nowhere. And we're like, hey, this is cool. Thanks for sharing. And lots of people give their feedback, which is amazing. Yeah, I love that aspect of accountability because I feel like that's also a muscle that designers should be flexing when they are either starting their businesses or they're seasoned and they have years under their belt. Being able to be creative within the confines of a brief or client feedback or time boundaries is challenging. And so getting that experience in, hey, I'm not feeling creative right now, but the briefs due tomorrow. So I kind of need to just like think on my feet and come up with something. It's kind of like a brain challenge that, you know, strengthens that that muscle. So I would love to know about um, the brief collective's offerings for designers. If you guys want to give us a little pitch, I know you have a Facebook group and I know you have the academy. So tell our listeners more about those and how people can get involved if they would like. Take it away, Sam. So I will give a really brief overview, and also the pun was 100% intended, (laughs) of our... um, (laughs) I do that all the time. It makes me really happy. But I will give a little bit of an overview of the offerings that we have. And then Kenzie and Marissa, you guys can kind of go deeper into whichever levels you want. But what we have is on top, we have our briefs, which we've talked about every two weeks on Monday. We post a brief on Instagram. And then every two weeks after that, there's a feedback chain in Facebook where uh, people share their work, we share feedback. And that is kind of our main offering. That's where it all started. And then Like I mentioned, we have our Facebook group. So you can post questions, ask for advice all within that group. And then our main thing is we have the Academy, which has three different tiers. And I'll let kind of Kenzie or Marissa get into that more. But in our tier one, we have our our resource vault and a freelance directory. So all of our templates and master classes and everything like that. And then freelance directory. I'd love to talk some about it as well. So just to clarify, our brief challenges, our Facebook group, that's totally free. Like anybody can join, anybody can participate. And then we do have our TBC Design Biz Academy with tier one, two, and three. Tier one is always open. That is, you know, component of our freelance directory. And then you can get access to like our templates and stuff. But tier two and three are for more maybe a little bit experienced freelancers, still beginner, but I've worked with a few clients and that is kind of our actual course. It's a group learning experience. So we have an entire member portal. We have an academy calendar, just like regular school. Um, We have monthly group coaching calls, which are super fun where people can ask questions. We go over prompts and discuss things, discuss, you know, the course curriculum, how far are you, what module you're on, what lesson are you on? And I think that that's something that you also don't really see a lot. A lot of the courses out there are kind of like on teachable and self-paced. And this is still self-paced, but we have that group learning aspect, which really brings it to a whole different level. 
Yeah, then you're going through what other people are going through too. And then our third and final is called the Trendsetter, which is really, really awesome. Um, that one has all of the templates, same things as the number one and number two, but you also get one-on-one coaching calls uh, for four months. And that's really cool because we kind of match up the students with a coach that's going to fit their lifestyle and, you know, their vibe. So it was really cool last season when we did it, uh, or last semester when we did it, that like the students that we got matched up with, we were like almost crying about how much we were able to like help these students. It was, it was really awesome experience to go through. That sounds amazing. I've really had a fun time with my mentorship program. And there's just really something about giving back to like, you know, a a newer version of yourself um, and just kind of encouraging them and sharing things that you wish you would have known. And there's just like, I feel like never a better investment in your business than mentorship or coaching. And I mean, it sounds like you guys are kind of bringing that to a more accessible level for newer designers. Because a lot of the time, like one-to-one coaching services can be on the pricier side. Not saying that like your, your investment, like there obviously are different tiers, but it does sound like, hey, like everyone and every level can have a seat at this table. And there's like, you know, it just sounds really open and welcoming, which I love. Yeah, that's one of the biggest important things for us is we just want to be able to accept everybody into it, no matter where, like everybody has to start somewhere. And if your dream is to be a brand designer, we want to help get you there, no matter like what hoops you need to jump through, we're going to help you get there. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so, so much for chit-chatting with me. I can't believe that like we're at the end of our episode. You guys all know that before we sign off, we like to do an inbox question. This is a listener question from our Facebook group. So, and this relates to our topic for today. So I'd love for you guys, I'll I'll hold, hold off on answering this one, but you guys can answer. Angela Davis asks, how do you make room for your own creations? And I'm assuming, you know, this could be a brief or conceptual project. Like how do you make time like in your schedule with client work, life and everything else to like have that creative outlet. I think that this ultimately boils down to your personality type because just working with these ladies, I understand now that everybody does not work like my brain. So like I use a planner, my project management system, and then I'm very spontaneous with my content. So being that that's kind of how I work, I will just spontaneously find the time to design a brief or create content or do something for myself. Whereas, you know, I feel like Marissa, she's more organized and plan things out. She probably does stuff a totally different way. Yeah. And I, like she mentioned, I'm very, very planned out. So I have literally for today, my entire schedule is planned out like down to the minute of when my babysitter was going to arrive so that I could do this podcast and I have like everything planned out for the rest of the day. So I'm very intentional with my time, especially with having two little twin babies. You just, you have to be, at least in my motto, you got to be intentional with your time. I don't have those sporadic moments. And I think that that's okay. Everything like looks different for everybody. And that's the beauty of having your own business is that you can do it your way. I have nothing to add. I just wanted to say, I love the way you worded that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I resonate so much with you talking about like every single minute of your day being very scheduled. (laughs) I think, I mean, even if you're not a parent, if you have like just other things that you're responsible for, or even just like other hobbies and things that you want to be doing outside of work, like you can make time for like those little extra things, you know, as long as it is a priority to you. So if learning and growing and creating content for social media, if that time is already set aside, like why not do a quick brief, like even 60 minutes of just focused design work. Like some days I don't even get to do 60 minutes of focused design work. And it would be like a little treat for me to be able to do that. So yeah, I wrote a post the other day. Let me go get it up. I said, spicy post ahead. And basically like I went on to say, if you have time to scroll an hour on TikTok, you have time for an hour for your business because we really attract a lot of people who are still in that nine to five grind who want to step out into their own businesses and start their own design 
companies. So like if you have an hour to watch TikTok, you have an hour for your business. If you can binge watch an entire show on Netflix, you have time for that project you've been neglecting. And like on the weekends, if you have time to sleep in, you have time for your goals. So it's just all about what's important to you. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this a lot, Marissa and I even personally, like finding that balance between obviously taking time for rest and recharging, but also not taking it to the point where you're spending all of your time, say, scrolling TikTok and you're maybe draining yourself from that and then not putting any time into your business. So finding that balance is super important. This could be like an entire episode in itself, but I just wanted to add through, you know, having students enroll in the TBC Design Biz Academy last semester and working with them through these things. It's definitely become apparent to me that there are definitely people who could be devoting more time to building their business. And then there's some people who have all the things on their plate and still manage to do it. And I think that obviously finding... Personally, I don't believe in balance. Let me just say that. I don't believe there is balance at all, but finding I a agree. way to... I don't like the word balance. Yeah, no, no. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah, it's not possible. Let me just... Social life, work, happy time for yourself, creating projects, taking care of crap, taking care of yourself. There's just no way you can do all the things. Like Something is always going to take more priority over the other. But I think that finding the way that works for you to where you can still get something done for your business that you need to get done, especially if you're trying to build your business on the side is so important. Like you have got to put in, you know, at least an hour a day. If you're trying to build your business, I mean, if you're just putting an hour a week, if that's all you have, that's great. But a lot of people, I think only put, you know, an hour a week into their business when they could be devoting more time. It's just about figuring out, you know, how to plan out their schedule to make it work that way. Mic drop. I know, right? Like, (laughs) there you go. There's your answer. I mean, and I do think too, like the age old thing of scheduling it into your calendar as if it was a client call, you know, like if if it's not on my Google calendar, honestly, it's just not going to happen. Like I schedule some weird stuff on my Google calendar because I'm like, (laughs) with this brain, I am not going to remember to transfer the laundry to the dryer or whatever it is. Cause my husband has a shirt that like has to be fluffed. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> but like, you guys know what I mean? Like, and so yes. scheduling that time in a week ahead to give yourself time to mentally prepare. I think something also that holds me back from doing creative work for my business is that like, I don't know, I just feel drained and I just like, I don't feel inspired. And there's like, you know, finding ways to fill your creative cup, whether that's going to Target and like looking at all the beautiful like packaging or Sephora or pick whatever favorite store. We've, we talked about that in our episode earlier this season on finding creative inspiration. But I think that also can, can have an impact on like, okay, wow, I feel refreshed. I feel ready to sit down and like, maybe like, you know, people do morning pages where they'll just like, write, you know, a couple pages in their journal, whatever comes to mind. Maybe you could use that time or that energy to spend 30 minutes designing or spend an hour designing in the morning, um, just to kind of like capitalize on when you feel most creative. So I think paying attention to the time of day, how your body is feeling, um, that type of thing could be helpful as well. Yes. And even I like to call them creative warmups, but a lot of the times I, if I'm feeling kind of stuck, And I know that sounds silly, but I will literally give myself like a 10 minute timer, pick a dumb project. Like I think there's, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Do you guys know what the thing is called where you click the space bar and it gives you like a brief made up of like a category and a type of design? Let me find a brief generator. I'm I'm intrigued. Me too. I'm like, I need to write this down. (laughs) It's sharpen dot design. So it literally says design blank for blank and then you click new challenge and it gives you like an example so for example um design a box for a pizza shop and i'll spend 10 minutes doing it literally 10 minutes no matter where i am in the project just to get my brain going and then from there i'm like okay i've tackled the first task now i'm ready to get into my design stuff and then that kind of creative warm-up could just become doing a brief and instead of 10 minutes it could be 20 minutes or 30 minutes And then even if you're putting it on the back burner to come to later, if you get inspired, I think all I sometimes need, and I don't know how you guys would feel and agree with this, is just a spark to get me going. Once I have that ounce of an idea of where I'm going, I'm excited and I don't want to stop. I've had times where I've had to be like, okay, it's 1145. 
you can do this in the morning. I know you're having fun. Go to bed. So I would say like just getting that spark going with a warm up, which might be a brief and it might look like something different for you is always a good idea. I love Sharpen. I just got a design a mixed reality app for a medical journal. There's so many different things you can do. I mean, like this is definitely kind of a great place to start when you're feeling kind of this like creative paralysis of like, oh, I don't really want to start on this client project. But like I need to like, you know, get get the muscle memory going in Illustrator, start using those tools, you know, even practicing with the pen tool. I feel like I I want to do that all the time. My pen tool skills can always be improved on. Um, But I think there's just so much here um, to answer this question, Angela. Let us know. Um, if, if this was helpful, what resonated most with you, um, in the Facebook group. Um, and if anyone else has, you know, some, some input on how they like to kind of get their creative juices flowing, like share those with us as well in the group. So to wrap up, I would love to, for you guys to just share, um, any like URLs or social links where people can find you personal and for the brief collective. I am at srhdesign.co, C-O. And that's on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, all over the place. And I am Marissa Burgett underscore creative all over the place as well. And then um, I also just wanted to go ahead and plug our webinar that's coming up soon. Um, So ready to ditch your nine to five for design business. We've got you covered. And you can find that at thebriefcollective.com slash webinar. I'm just going to make this really easy. Just look up the Brief Collective Instagram and all of our links will be in the bio. So if you want to follow us and follow the Brief Collective, just go check out our Instagram, our TikTok, join our Facebook group. And I'm sure you'll be able to find our personal pages from there as well. So if you're interested in potentially joining us inside the TBC Design Biz Academy, we do only open our doors for a limited time. And then we close for the semester and reopen again for new students. At the time, if you're listening to this, when it comes out, our doors will currently be open and we will have them open for about a week or so before we close them again and you know teach all of our lovely spring students. So if you're interested in potentially joining us, head over there as fast as possible and enroll. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I know, Sammy, you've got to go. We're going to wrap everything up, but um, thank you guys for joining and we will see everybody next Tuesday on the pod. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for having us. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. So search for Better, the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thank you to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.